Welcome to the Gunnersville Grassroots Podcast. Today is June the 29th. Uh, Trey is kind of missing again. He was supposed to be here, and his girlfriend called and said, Hey, I'm moving, and I need some help. So guess where Trey is? She's cuter than I am. So uh, instead, I got Mr. Tom Ott sitting back with me again. Tom, Tom, you're now my official uh Backup co-host. There you go. Just, there you just, go. Just, and, and yes, and and she is much prettier than you. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and we we've we've seen pictures, and we're and we're like Trey. You outkicked your coverage, buddy. You better do whatever <laughs> she says. So, uh, and and he he normally agrees with that. So I hear. You. Um, no, glad to be here. I appreciate you asking me. I I, I hate that he couldn't make it. Um, I, I reached out to him. It takes a few days to get a hold of Trey. He's one of them damn kids that just doesn't answer the phone. Text his, <laughs> as, as guys said, it's got a one-way device there. Uh, in, in all seriousness, he he had told me that or a few days ago. He said, "Man, I'm up here helping her move. I, I, I could, you can call if you want, and and I probably should have, but I just said, well, I'll work it out.' So um, you don't have to just listen to me and Tom talk today. We're going to have a, I guess, an interesting guest. It, it, oh yeah, it, a gentleman named Dawson Lenz. Um, Dawson, who you may or may not know of, Dawson won the Big Bass Splash here a few weeks ago, which is really cool in itself. But why I'm really bringing him on is Dawson is a bit of a uh, big bait, big slide bait, swim bait aficionado. Oh, yeah. I can't he's, wait to talk. He's he's a friend of a friend, uh, Brad Vice. He was fishing with Brad Vice, who we who, who I actually brought up the when I was talking to Mikey Balls back on here on our last one. Uh, you know, him and Brad are friends as well. And he's like, Brad, Brad's a hammer. Oh, so, yeah. uh, and you know, Brad, I mean, Brad's a big stick. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh, so Dawson is one of his buddies and is, is just a big bait, a, you know, big glide bait guy. And that's interesting to me. So y'all get to hear me talk about it or ask people that know more than me about it. Um, when I heard that, uh, you know, the, the winning fish was caught on a glide bait. I, I was, really intrigued so oh dude it was like twice it was like a nine or ten inch bait yeah that was the only body had that day now or the only fish he caught they had some pretty big ones follow it too that day i think but um and you know and i'm not even yeah i don't care where he caught it i I don't care i mean i think they were in the mouth of a pocket in eight foot of water but the deal was is he was doing something a little different sure and i mean i fished that thing for three days you fished. Yes. This is a sad story. I, we caught 100 fish in three days and couldn't catch anything <laughs> over four pounds. You come out there and goof off for six hours and catch a couple of five-pounders. So. Yeah. In the same spots. That was the crazy thing. It's just the way it works. Uh, I had a great weekend. The Sunday I could have done without because the old Gale Force winds kicked sure. up about 9 o'clock that morning. And, and uh, that Yeah, that was, a, that was an ugly day for uh, sure. But, uh, but man, the fish were biting. It was fun. I, I, have, I went on vacation after that, so I'm a week late doing this podcast. Uh, technically, my official two weeks, which I've done a terrible job of this year anyway, would have would have been last week i think and i i was on on a little vacation trip and and some uh, camp war eagle stuff for the daughter um congratulations by the way oh, i guess we'll see I, I start looking at the bills and you go oh listen i don't need to be podcasting i need to be working i've been there done uh, that so. uh so today uh like i said we've got tom with us instead of having a young funny guy we've got me and tom we've got the old guys in got here today old, so <laughs> but uh, the old slow guys I guess. the old slow guys tom have, have you you hadn't been out in a couple of weeks either had you no actually uh i didn't uh, i wasn't able to get out this past weekend but the weekend before we went out we uh we had a really uh i, I think we fished a little tournament butler and i did we Caught uh, fifty three that day. Was that after the splash? Oh yeah, yes. you did. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That was the. Uh, I just went blank. I should have looked at that. Um, uh, it was a ram. The uh, section football. That's right. Section yeah. football tournament, which it took 
23 23 i believe yeah. i think yeah. uh yeah there was some there was some nice weights brought in uh you know we had just under 16 something like that we just couldn't get the big bites but man it was, it was a lot stay of fun in the grass yes yeah you got yeah. butler to stay in the grass i i know my i i couldn't believe it myself but you know then i listened to i told you so all the way home so well, Won't happen again, and, and, probably. That, and that was my gamble on the splash. It's like sure. I felt like the offshore stuff or the the deep, hard bottom offshore stuff was going to be. A, a it was going to be crowded, and it was. But so was the grass. But uh, uh, but uh, there seemed to be more quality fish out there. They're really hard to catch, though. And I really just wanted to go fishing, and I, we caught a bunch of fish. I can't complain. That, so. that was the the enjoyable part. There wasn't a lot of traffic in those areas and the grassy areas, so uh, you know it was an easy decision, but. You know, in hindsight, I, I have never in my have life taken. seen the number of boats fishing the back side of the river, the front side of the river, and the grass within five miles of Goose Pond as I, I have I've that never weekend. in my never life in my seen life. that number of boats fishing on top of each other in my life. No, and it didn't matter if it was deep stuff, grass stuff, whatever. Mm. I, I mean, it, no, it was. Uh, uh, I think they said what twelve or fourteen hundred, fourteen hundred. I, I never on heard Saturday. the final count. I heard both those numbers somewhere in between. I heard eleven uh, and fourteen. I, I, I think eight hundred of them were than two miles of Goose Pond. Oh my <laughs> so, gosh, <laughs> it, it, there, a lot of fish there. Yeah, you, you know, a lot of fish uh, caught there. A lot of fish sure. caught there. I, I, I mean, I, I barely lost sight of the place myself, and but I never went to Goose Pond to weigh a fish either. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I probably could have run some threes and maybe even some four O's in, but I, it's just hard for me to drive over there for that. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that uh, uh, the section football tournament, uh, the winning weight came right there in the Miracle Mile. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of good fish in that area. Yeah, just where you where you sit down. Exactly. Uh, and 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 at the right time, it's like I me. Mean, you and I were rotating through some of the same stuff that day, and you caught five pounders, and yeah, I caught twenty two pounders. Yeah, we, fit, you know, we fished early in the wind, and it seemed like the bite was a little bit better in, in the wind. Oh yeah, well, not on Sunday when there was a lot of it. Well, no, but, I, I I let y'all have the yeah, Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Um, before but a we, good day to throw a swim bait. It was yeah, but but before we, before we call uh, Dawson, uh, I was going to tell you a neat little story. I had a guy somewhere in the last three or four days, five days, catch a tag, a 2021 tag. I, well, I've had two prior year's tags, and this is last week. But I had a guy catch a 2021 tag in a kayak. And I'm not going to tell you what creek he was in, but I'm going to tell you that he was as far back in a place as you can get, and you're not carrying a bass boat back there. And it was a long ways from where I let it go. And Gosh, he, how many miles? I mean, that was. I mean, he paddled. Awesome. He paddled way. But I let it go in Roseberry, and it was downriver in a creek. And 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 I'm not talking about like, I'm talking about like back in the creek, like back way across grass flats, and just as far back as you could get. It it blew my mind. Did a go devil get back there? Yes, yes. It 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 blew my mind that that it was. I mean, like, because that fish wasn't anywhere near where I let it go two years ago. But it was wild to That's me. That's incredible. That that, that that like that thing said, I'm just out of here. I'm going back here and hide. You know. It was that had, had that fish been caught anywhere near that area, or was I have it, no idea. Yeah, I don't know. I tagged it in Roseberry in twenty twenty one. It was caught. It was caught in the back of a whole another creek down the river, like mm. like like in the. That's crazy. It's crazy. It was, it, well, the the way those fish have traveled, uh, I think it's a uh, that's you should put a I book think together. I think that's pretty cool. The the other the the other prior year tag the guy caught was straight across from Roseberry on the back side of the river, and it came from the state park same year. 
<laughs> so I mean, they you know, opposite directions. So uh, it, it's That's, it's uh, it, people probably don't care, but I, it, it's neat to me it's how, much, how much they how travel much and like where's yeah. it been for the last two years? Apparently, mm-hmm. it's been in the back of that creek. Hiding, or maybe so. you're swimming back there. It took that long. <laughs> Well, you know, don't we don't know. know how long Nemo takes to make his voyage, do we? No, so, not, at all. Um, not at all. So I'm going to see if we can get Dawson on here, and uh, maybe he'll give us a little info on how, when, and where to fish these glide baits. That's really what I want to know. Yeah, like, absolutely. I, I know Conditions. About, uh, yeah. You know, yeah, w- w- what are you looking for? What do you throw it on? Do you have to buy one that costs $300? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think you do. But uh, anyway, we'll see if we can get a hold of him. Well, we've got Dawson Lenz on here. Daw- Did I say your last name right? Yeah, that's it, right. Lens. I'm pretty good at screwing stuff like that up. But uh, uh, <laughs> Dawson lives over in Georgia, but he's got a lot of friends up here. You said you went to UNA? Yeah, man. I uh, I went to UNA. Um, I went to high school, obviously, in Georgia, but uh, ended up at UNA and uh, was the president of the fishing team up there for three years. So, yeah, I, I'm pretty familiar with it. a bunch of the river, Tennessee River and lakes up there. So, so for those that don't keep up with or don't know, Dawson uh, – won the big bass splash here i guess a couple of weeks two or three weeks ago whenever it was two weeks ago and uh the 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 biggest reason that i and of course i knew you through brad rice a mutual friend yeah. of ours and 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 uh the, the biggest reason that i wanted to call you is how you caught it like you caught it on a glide bait and those are a big a big a big glide bait <laughs> oh. and, and, and let's mention this fish was what eight eight two eight point two four I mean, yep, yep, eight twenty four. So, so the cool part on my side is, is you know, Th- Theron Livingston that, that fishes with me a lot, it, and Brad Vice that you were fishing with, it, you know, that's Theron is Brad's nephew or uncle. Uh, Brad is Theron's nephew, so we get a phone call, and Theron looks at me. He goes, "Them boys just won the dadgum boat," and I said, "What?" He goes, <laughs> "He said, he said Dawson just caught an eight pounder on a on a dadgum glide bait." I had just laid mine down because I can't catch a fish on it. And so, <laughs> yeah, two minutes after that, I got a text. So, yeah, that's uh, right. I know. started texting. I said, "It looks like we know," and I, I felt like you when you know with the eight pounder, and I'm like, "Man, that's going to be hard to beat." And it right. was the last day, and the wind was blowing. By ten o'clock, it was the weather was deteriorating. Yeah. For sure. it, it got, yeah. Yeah. So, so tell us a little bit about how that went down, man. So it was crazy. Um, you touched on it, uh, Brad, Brad and I have known each other since I went to UNA. Um, me and him have been really close friends. We won actually the first tournament we ever fished together was on Gunnersville in college, a college tournament. So we've been fishing together for a while and, uh, we fished the splash last year when it was in March and, um, we had every plan on fishing it together this year. Um, but I don't, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you know, but uh, he's obviously got a baby on the way. I've got a baby. I've got a baby on the way. They're both due in August. And man, it's just this is my busy time, my busy season at work. I do swimming pool work and stuff. So, oh, wow. man, just stuff got away from me. Um, and I wasn't even going to fish the tournament. I told Brad, I said, man, just holler at our buddy Jake. Uh, y'all just fish together. Like I'm going to have to hold off this year. I've got, you know, we had an ultrasound on the uh with my wife and you know the baby and we had family coming in and i was like ah, i'm not gonna fish it so last second you know he called me and he's like jake's down here he's like why don't he's like can you just come on sunday and i was like man i don't know if i can swing that you know i'm about three hours from gunnersville mm-hmm. um where i'm at now and he's like dude just come down on sunday he's like just pay for the one day and we'll all fish three deep and he's like you know by the time you get here me and jake will probably be so tired we'll probably just let you run the boat I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll do that. So I talked to my wife and um, I was just like, I'm just going to go down there. I'll get up early. So long story short, I signed up for just Sunday 
and I handled all my business at home. And um, I think great Ray, decision Brad, making right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you drive over that morning? <laughs> yeah, no. So I drove oh. down. I drove down the night before I got in at about eleven thirty that night. Um, so I got in the night before, and um, Brad and them uh, they cut a pretty decent check. Maybe they got I don't know top five, top six, something. They cut a decent check on Friday. Yep. Um, they had like a five and a half pounder. They caught offshore. Um, I think they were fishing mid lake that day. And then they said they were going to fish down on Saturday and I, they were calling me and we were just talking and I was wishing I was, I was like, man, I'm so jealous y'all fishing all week. And so anyway, um, so they fished down, I think on Saturday and kind of had a, just a rougher day. I don't think, you know, the offshore stuff wasn't panning out and we were talking and I was like, man, I was like, I'd love to come down there and throw a big bait all day Sunday. I was like, I'm just trying to fish for, you know, one good one and cut a check and go home. So I think kind of towards the end of the day, after things weren't panning out, this was on Saturday, um, Brad ended up catching a nice one on a glide bait. Um, I don't think, you know, you know, I think it was a three and a half or four pounder, right. but, um, he, he caught one nice one on it. And then I think he, um, had a couple of follows or bites in an area. And I was like, he sent me a picture. I was like, perfect. Count me in. That's what we're doing tomorrow. So I got in, uh, late that night. We, uh, we got up, put in and. We started on a place that I usually like to fish in uh, the springtime, and uh, it's just a bar, and I just figured there would be some brim beds in the area. It's kind of shallow, kind of point that extends way out, and um, we started on it, and man, the eelgrass was just terrible on it. Like, you couldn't even make a cast. I mean, I don't even, yeah, man, it was just, it it was terrible, and like, I don't even know how Brad did it. Brad ended up catching like a two-pounder on a spook off that spot. I guess he landed perfectly in between the patches of eelgrass (laughs) and caught one. But I was like, dude, this isn't going to work. I was throwing my big bait and, you know, big top waters and stuff and big wake baits. And I was like, this isn't going to work. And he was like, well, you know, um, I mean, I, he, he ended up catching that fish the day before in Seabold. And he's like, you know, the, uh, the grass wasn't that bad in Seabold. Like, let's roll in there and check a few places. And so uh, we pulled up to a place and um, it was a grass spot, but there was, there was a lot going. There was a lot going for us in this particular area. Um, it was just, there was a brim bed up shallow. There was some kind of more sparse patchy grass that kind of led out. And then there was a, a defined Creek channel, um, that kind of winded back to where that brim bed was. Now, how and deep I told was, them, I were said, you sitting in this? And how the deep? boat, yeah. we started, we started off the end of this point and then we kind of followed the Creek channel in, but the boat, we started out in probably 10 and a half, 11 feet, but when we actually caught the fish, my boat, the boat was sitting in the creek channel. Um, the boat was sitting in probably six feet of water, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of following this drain and just kind of fishing that big glide along the edge of that drain. And if I had to guess when I got the bite, the fish was probably in about four feet of water. I mean, we, wow. we fished all through there and you could, you could almost see the bottom. I mean, it was, it was oh, a shallow. So clear. Yeah. yeah, so clear, man. And uh, it was it was shallow, but it was just one of those things. And I was talking to a buddy, you know, the week before, you know, we were just talking about how to catch a seven or eight pounder on Gunnersville right now. And, you know, I was just like, man, I mean, any to me, you know, and th- this is it's just my confidence, to be honest with you. It's what I do all summer is I fish for fish that eat brim. You know, in Georgia, we fish shallow and stuff and I fish brim beds and stuff. And I've seen so many fish on brim beds that are 
six, seven, eight plus pounds, you know? And that's what I was sure. telling Brad was, I was telling Brad, I was like, man, if we want to catch an eight pounder, I mean, I, there's so many five pounders offshore out there. I was like, but if we want to win this boat, like, I really think we need to be in some shallow grass and, you know, and be around brim. And man, it was crazy. Like, you know, I don't even know when it was. I couldn't have been 45 minutes into the day. I bombed that cast out there and I was working that bait back really slow and I popped it hard a couple times and it locked up. And man, when it did, it was just like, I couldn't even move it. And we didn't have the net out or anything. <laughs> and I'm just, I mean, Fire. I literally, literally, I, I just started grinding as hard as I could on it. And the, and the fish's head came up and I'll be completely honest, Pat, if the fish would have come off, I would have promised all y'all it was a double digit. I mean, the way the fish was built, it just had such a big head. I saw it the was a big and, fish, and it was yeah. long and skinny. Yeah. 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 It wasn't, it wasn't very filled out, but man, it had such a big head on it. And and that's a lot. A lot of times that's how those brim fish are, man. Like they're not your typical Tennessee river footballs that are sitting out there just gorging up. They're kind of nasty, long looking fish. fish. Yeah. Exactly. But they're big, you know, they're big. And, um, so anyway, this thing's head comes up and I could just tell that it had one hook in its bottom jaw. Oh. And I was like, dude, I got to just put the screws to it. And I, um, I, I just turned the handle, turned the handle, turned the handle. And Brad was, Brad was like, man, you're standing on the locker. I gotta get my net out. So <laughs> I'm like, I'm not even looking down. I have to move to the front of the boat. And I knew just the way the fish was hooked. I've caught a lot of big bait fish. And I just know that if you have to make a, a turn with that bait, at the boat 99% of the time you're losing that fish. And I knew it was a little, I mean, I've boat flipped a lot of six and a half pounders on the rod I was using. And I was like, dude, I can't boat flip this one. I, I was just like, if the net's not there, we're in trouble. And Brad literally, he went in the locker, he popped it out. And as soon as the fish was literally at the trolling motor, Brad had the net in the water and it just dumped right in there. And we'd lost it, man. I mean, we, nice. we, we lost it. If, if, uh, I saw you guys the video. See a, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> if you want to see the video, check it out on Facebook or it's on Instagram. It's on my Instagram. And we, I pulled out my phone cause I knew how special that moment was. I was like, dude, this is, un we lost it. I mean, we couldn't breathe. Well, and, uh, um, the, the funniest part about the whole thing. So we knew it needed to be, you know, high sevens or eight to, uh, to have a chance. So he pulls out the scale and I put it on the scale and it went from like 799, 798, and it settled out at like 803 on his scale. And at that point, we're like, dude, we got to weigh this fish like mm -hmm. now, you know? So we put it in the boat. We're like, no, let's take a deep breath. And uh, so I'm shaking so bad. I went to go make a cast with the bait and I was like, dude, I can't cast this thing. I can't even make a cast. I was like, I, I was like, let me retie. I got to sit down and retie this thing. And uh, so I sit down on the bottom of the boat trying to compose myself and um i tie i'm sure you all know it i tie that knot that has the three tag ends on it you know because sure. i mean it's a 200 dollars bait i tie the, the best knot i can and i tie this thing on there and i can't make this up i cut the tag ends and i flip the bait in the water and i cut my main line and it sunk to the bottom <laughs> no oh way. so you lost she the bait no, I got it back with an it. <laughs> I got it back. Hey, when it's but your I day, just, it's your day. So. $200 glide bait. I'm shaking so bad that I cut the main line, just tossed it in the water. And when <laughs> I, I picked up my that. rod, I'm like, bait's gone. And luckily, like I said, we we're in about five and a half feet of water. And I was able to kind of, you know, mill around with my rod tip on the bottom. And I ended up hooking it and put it back as the only one well, I had. I tell you what, Dawson, I mean, that's awesome, man. But could you tell us a little about the setup that you use for that? Yeah. How, yeah, big, man, that, how big that bait was and, and what you're throwing it on, line, you know, that kind of stuff. 
Yep. Yep. So, so, uh, it's an eight foot heavy Phoenix swim bait rod. I've had it for, I've had it for six or seven years now. Um, it's stout, it's rated like one to six ounces. Wow. Um, the reel is a three. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a, it's a big rod. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the reel is a 300 size Shimano tranks. It's the low ratio. Um, I like that lower gear ratio on a lot of glides. Um, especially just kind of, it, it helps you slow down on some glides and I'll mm-hmm. kind of get into that later, but this glide in particular, and a lot of the big ones, you can overwork them really easily. And like with a fast reel, they just, they don't like to, they'll kind of blow out and wash out. So that lower ratio I like on that. And I was throwing it on, um, 25 pound Seaguar Tatsu. Um, and I'll be honest with you, that's the first fish I caught on that line. I'm a big 20 pound red label guy. Mm-hmm. I literally, I, I throw, I literally throw in Seaguar red label since it came out and it's my stuff, but man, I just, yeah, I've had some, you know, misfortune with breaking baits off on casts and stuff like that. And man, we're still, me and Brad talk about it daily. We're still trying to kind of figure out the best option on it because those big baits, when you cast them, they tumble through the air and, and just one day of fishing it, you, you'll get your line twisted really, really bad. And I honestly think that twisting that fluorocarbon, it, it weakens the line a lot. So uh, I, totally I, um, yeah, yeah. It's just that constant twist. You'll get it with like big spoons and stuff too, you know? So, yeah. And, or, or even some, uh, you know, some plastics that have, yep. you know, yep. just twist. Twist, absolutely. Yeah. Yep, yep. And I, I and like I said, Brad ended up losing two uh, Chad Chads that day, casting them off. Ouch. And we literally were talking about that. I was like, dude, you know, I, I just, it has to be that line twist. So I bumped up to 25 and that Seaguar Tatsu, I mean, it's not cheap, but I mean, when you're throwing a $200 bait and you're fishing for big fish, I was like, I'm not going to skimp online. And the 25 pound, uh tatsu is actually the same diameter as the 20 pound red label so i knew it wasn't gonna mess with the fall raid and the action and stuff like that so yeah i was using 25 pound big rod big reel and the bait i caught it on was a um it's called a phony shad um it's just a big eight and a half it's almost nine inches a nine inch gizzard shad profile glide bait i mean it literally when we were fishing the grass, we were laughing about it all day after we weighed that fish because, man, we were watching these gizzards swim through the grass, and it was just – it was a carbon copy of those big gizzards in the grass. I mean, it's just that size, the profile, the color. I mean, it was it was perfect, you know? So, yeah, it's a big bait. I think it, it's uh, it, it's in the three-ounce range. It may be a little higher than that, but it's it's a it's a big, heavy bait. But you, but you were working it relatively near the surface. You weren't letting it, letting it sink. It, it, it was probably it probably got down. I didn't visually see the bait when I've caught the fish, but it was probably down about two and a half, three feet. Okay, all right. So, yeah, and you, I mean, you mentioned the the brim beds, and and I know you know when the bull shad first came out, I was a big fan, and I would look for those gizzard shad. Those bit, you know, whenever I saw big gizzard shad jumping through the grass, I'd pick that thing up, and it seemed like it was magic. Every time, um, yeah, and, and I yep. just, but you were you were more looking at the the brim beds. I mean, you know, that was the that I was the going and, thing right then, anyway. But yeah, and I, and, and man, it's Tennessee River. You know, there's always going to be if you're in an, you know a fertile area, there's always going to be gizzard shad in that grass. But I think the particular place that we caught that fish. I think that the brim bed had, had a lot to do with it. It was the mouth of a shallow pocket and, um, you know, there was a, a really big brim bed back there. And, um, I think it was just, 
it was just the perfect combination. Like I said, it was just a drain and it was just an area where a big fish like that could ease back in there, eat brim, eat gizzard shad and ease back out, you know, and it was just a highway for them. And we were just, it was just the perfect conditions to make that fish bite. I think, I think under any other conditions that fish would have followed that bait back to the boat, but it, we had a little bit of breeze that morning. It was a little overcast. And I think, you know, I just worked it over his head at the right time and he ate it. You've mentioned that a couple of times. I mean, is that something you see a lot with those glide baits or just follower followers? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. They just don't commit a lot. Yeah. And, and, and we can get into that. There are some tricks that I've learned, um, you know, to, to help kind of reduce the amount of followers, but conditions are 99% of it. That's why like in tournaments, um, especially, you know, obviously a five fish tournament, I, I won't even pick the bait up unless the conditions are perfect for it. You need the wind, you know, um, ideal conditions are sun and wind is what you want. You, Cause it's such a visual, a visual thing. You want them to be able to gotcha. see the bait, but then the wind breaks up the profile of it and, you know, then they can't get a good look at it, but yeah, it's, it's a hundred percent, you know, you're going to see the biggest fish in the lake. And that's the, that's the thing that's it makes it such a good tool. And I've found that especially in the summertime, cause that's all I do in the summertime mm-hmm. back here in Georgia is I fish big baits. And I think you're appealing to a fish that will not bite other things. Like I I've seen it firsthand multiple times where there's fish on brim beds. You could throw a wacky rig at it. You'd think, you'd think you'd see, you know, you see these fish sitting up in two feet of water and the average guy would be like, oh, dude, I could throw a right. wacky rig or a <laughs> fluke or something up there, and I, he would smash it. They won't even look at it. They will not. And if you drop a nine, eight, nine, ten 10-inch bait in front of them, you, a lot of times you don't even turn the handle, and they've already gotten it. Wow. And I think my theory on that is, is, you know, especially when the water gets hot, those true big ones, the six-and-a-half, seven, eight-pounders, um, I don't think they eat very much. I think they they may eat one brim a week you know what i mean Mm. like i don't think they're just tearing like around here we have herring lakes and like i think the two and a half to five pounders tear up the herring i think the true big ones they're not chasing herring they're they're too fast it's not a big enough meal i think they sit up on brim beds and they sit up there and they eat a big crappie or they eat a big you know whatever once a week and i think that's what you're appealing to on those big fish those true giants and I think Tennessee River, it's the same way. It's like they eat one gizzard chat a week. And I think after that, they just hang out. They're not <laughs> you know spending I mean? a bunch of energy chasing right. bait. They're, they're just eating a, they're eating a great big steak instead of a bunch of little that's, pieces. That, that, that's it, man. And I'm telling you, I like, I've, I've seen it so many times where you see a fish sitting up in two feet of water and, and you think, man, I could flip a drop shot up there and that fish would no doubt eat it. And they will not even acknowledge it. And you put something big up there and it's like, man it, it's it's automatic sometimes i mean like wow. it's not i mean nothing's automatic but it, it's pretty special you know it's, it's, it's pretty the, cool the stuff is you the see. glide bait your favorite bait to throw favorite big um, swim bait to be honest with you no um i like the glide bait i throw a big wake bait i actually make a swim bait in my garage that i throw more than anything um and it's actually a big wake bait um i like it the best but it's same thing, very conditional, but it's the opposite of the glide bait. It, they kind of, they kind of go hand in hand. The, the wake bait, you want zero wind, you want not a ripple on the water and 
that's when that bait shines. So like a bull what wake. You, I have a bull wake. That's what I'm familiar bull, with. Bull wake's a great bull wake's a great bait. Yep, exactly. Like I said, I make one in my garage that I throw, and it's and it's it's one of those things that if you want to get into big bait fishing, the best thing I could say is start with a big wake bait because you, it's a visual bait. You can see it the whole time. You know when it's working right. And you'd be surprised how many bites, especially the Tennessee River. I mean, guys that live up there, they don't know how lucky they've got it, man. You guys have so many three to six pound fish that will eat a big bait like that. And you will get results pretty quick on a big wake bait. So to me, I would, uh, if you want to get started in it, I would start with the big wake and then transfer. Once you get some confidence and, and hey, man, these fish will eat an eight or nine inch bait, you know? then transfer into the weight or the, the glide bait stuff. And, um, and the, the thing with the glide bait deal is, is I've got for, I mean, all my buddies are into it now and, you know, it's kind of gone crazy, uh, with guys buying these baits. And the thing is, man, the best thing you can do is just, just buy one or two baits. Don't go crazy, man. You can spend thousands of dollars on custom baits and 10, 15 years ago, uh, 10 or 15 years ago, there wasn't that many good options out there. I mean, I bought a Roman made. I remember when I was at UNA, I ended up buying a Roman made and I caught some fish at Pickwick on it. And that was the only guy bet I had, but I just locked it in my hand and got confidence in it and just threw it and threw it and threw it. And like, that's the best thing you can do, man. You can go down a rabbit hole so fast with this deal. Just today, I'll be honest with you, that Spro Chad Chad's really hard to beat. I've got for one. Just, I'm still learning to yeah. fish it, but I've got a, actually I've got two. Well, just for uh you know for somebody getting into it why uh i see so many uh swim baits or and glide baits that you know on 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 the decks of these boats and i'm i'm seeing a lot of guys that fish braid why wouldn't you want to fish braid uh, i do fish braid you do on the fish wake braid bait. you yep, do yeah okay. the, the wake bait is straight 65 pound uh, 65 or 80 uh pound braid and that is a hundred percent um yeah for the way just like the properties of the fluorocarbon on the you know on i'll the be honest bait. i'll be honest with you i'm 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 still not dead set on the fluorocarbon i will i, I am going to dabble in the braid because of what we talked about earlier you mm -hmm. know like the line twist is such an issue that i'm fighting and unless i go to a swivel on the front of the bait which you know i'm not that crazy about um the braid may be the deal and and I would tie a leader to it um, just for my confidence, you know, tie a 25 or 30 pound leader to it. Sure. Um, just in front of that bait. And I'll be real with you. I don't think it's just like the Alabama rig. Remember when the Alabama rig came out, everybody threw that thing on straight braid. Yeah. And they I still crushed did. it. I still they did. crushed it. Exactly. <laughs> and here's the thing. My theory on that is when you've got a bait, that's that big of a profile, like an Alabama rig, that fish has no idea of what's going on around him when he's coming to eat that. No, there's wires looking at braids. Right. Exactly. It's just a profile thing. So, like I said, I am going to experiment with the braid on the glide stuff. Um, and the only reason that I would tie a leader um, is strictly as a shock absorber. I, I want it to, you know, those fish hit it so hard, you will bend out and you're using such a heavy rod just to be able to cast a three or four ounce bait. It's, it's a, total balancing act that you're trying to you know figure out and i would just you tie a leader to the braid just as a shock absorber so you're not bending out hooks because you will 
been to, I've been out and broke split rings on five and six pounders a lot. <laughs> but, but before we get off of it, on 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 the wake bait, you you said you like it to be slick and sunny. Uh, Correct. Now, are you are you just a slow, steady reel, fast as you can reel it without blowing it out? How how do you how do you normally fish one of those? To me, the wake bait each each bait is um, has its own kind of attributes and personality. I. I Think of a wake bait as kind of like a whopper plopper, like that whopper plopper. You can reel it as fast as you want, but it's got a speed. That's the right speed. Does that sure. make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like exactly it's got, you, you get it, you get that plopper going and it's got that perfect sound and you're like, all right, that's where I want to be. Wake baits the same way. Each bait is different. Um, a lot of them, most wake baits, once you get them going fast, they're going to dive below the surface. And I don't like that personally. I know there's guys that have caught them cranking a wake bait down, but I just, I'll throw something else if that's what they're eating. But um, most of them, you can't wind fast. I'll be honest with you. The bait that I make in my garage, the whole reason I built the bait was because I wanted to throw it in tournaments. And most wake baits, you can't fish fast enough to cover enough water to catch those fish. It's kind of like a catch 22. Um, if you just want to go out and catch a big fish, you can wind a wake bait. I mean, I, I, you know, going back to what we said earlier, I think some of the biggest fish want that slow retrieve. I think they want to see something big and slow that they can just easily come up there and get. But to answer your question, every bait is different, but I would just say a slow to moderate retrieve is best on that wake bait. You don't want it getting below the surface, but you want it to be kind of getting along to where you're not spending, you know, 60 seconds on every cast. Cause you, a lot of them, you can crank as slow as you want. You know yeah, what I mean? And, and I'm probably going wrong with that, but like the bull wake, a lot of times I fish it like a big minus one. Yeah. You, you know, yep. you, you go to yep. cranking that thing, right. it runs a, a foot or so under the surface. And I have caught fish doing that, but to, yep. to keep it up and really just kind of tickling the surface, it's pretty slow. And that's hard on a exactly. seven to one reel, which is probably what I have it on or six. I might have it on a six. I probably need to put it on a five or something, but. Uh, exactly. That, that's, that's the one thing, like I said, that I'm not crazy about on a lot of wake baits is that you just cannot cover water enough with them. And, and it just makes it hard in tournaments, especially when you're running, you know, 50, 60, specific brim beds in a day you know you got to be able to move water and i wanted a bait that i could fish as fast as a as a whopper plopper but you know have that same big profile so that's the main thing but yeah it's i would say you know slow to moderate speed on the on those big wakes but you'll get a lot of bites on them so on the line what i've been playing with and and you tell me if you've tried this is uh uh, P-line. I use like 20 yep. pound P-line because it, you know, P-line before fluorocarbon, P-line was your stiffer line. That's what I threw rattle traps on uh, and, and stuff like that because it was a little stiffer. I mean, you could, you know, some of the old trilines and stuff I've like that. I like boats with some of that eight pound P-line. Yeah, P-line. P-line. <laughs> that old so, stuff. So I had been throwing, you know, it's a, a copolymer. I believe mm-hmm. it was, you know, yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, and so I'd been playing and the 20 pound of that's pretty strong. And uh, oh yeah. So that's kind of what I've been playing with on it. And uh, again, I've not caught enough fish. I've caught quite a few fish on the original bull shad and some on the bull wake more using it like a minus one than truly a wake bait but yeah but you know i just curious what your opinion was on that if you've played with anything like that or not i i haven't um my main thing like i said my main thing is you know it's the big swim bait deal man it's such a balancing act because you're trying to you're throwing treble hooks and you don't want to you know tear a big hole in their mouth and whatnot but at the same time these baits are so heavy that I have found, and I've, I've, it's happened to me on glide baits before, man. Like a true big one, it doesn't matter how heavy your rod is or how hard you pull on them. When they want to jump, they're going to jump, and there's no stopping them. So it's it's 
it's I change things all the time. I'm cha- I've literally got $150 worth of different treble hooks sitting in my boat right now that, you know, we went big swim bait fishing this past weekend in the mountains. And that's all we did was every fish we caught, we'd swap hooks and try different stuff because it is just such a balancing act to try to I, land I think, these fish uh, on a big bait. Yeah. I think I took a bull shed and changed the hooks on it. And then it just completely ruined the action of it. I had to, yep. I had to go back to exactly. Really? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Completely mm-hmm. ruin the action. Yeah. So I've I, done I can, that before. Yeah. Some of these hooks are so heavy wire that it, mm-hmm. it, they'll, it'll totally change the action of a bait. And same thing with a glide bait. You put it on, you know, heavy wire, light wire hooks, and you, you'll change a bait from being a slow sinking bait to a fast sinking bait in a heartbeat, you know? Hmm. So that's a whole nother thing. So uh, uh, as far as throwing braid, anybody that's listening that hadn't done this yet, if you've thrown braid with an Alabama rig, you've probably made a mistake and snapped your line in midair. Uh, <laughs> you can do that with a $60 glide bait too. I, the, I, I, I have a bullshad somewhere. The one of the original bullsheds that I first, when I first got it, I put it on braid. I'm like, this is a $60 bait. I'm going to put it on braid. Pow. There that, it went. That, <laughs> that, no, that's another, if you read the forums online, that's the main reason guys don't like braid is for that exact reason. And, and I'm telling you, some of these big baits, they're heavier than your Alabama rig. I mean, you can easily backlash them. And if it locks up on braid, she's gone. She's gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just, yep. you just got to lob it and hope for the best. You, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. So, so you mentioned the Chad Shad. It's been getting a lot yep. of attention. Number one, it's made by, you know, a big national company and, and, and I've played with it. I played with it a little bit the other day when I was out. You can do a lot of things with that. Talk a little bit about what you do how you would apply it just you know so 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 going back to what we said earlier i start when i first started throwing big baits it was about i guess about 10 years ago maybe 12 i can't remember but really there wasn't many there wasn't much stuff on you know that you could buy i mean right. and a lot of the California stuff was, yeah and it, a lot of the stuff was just very high dollar i mean like i said that roman made i think i paid about 150 bucks for it um and that was 10 years ago and and that's literally what i locked in my hand and the the thing with that bait is it, it it's a wood bait it's a custom wood bait from japan and you could not fish that bait very fast i mean you had to keep it kind of slow if you tried to pull it hard or work it hard it would roll over on its side and it would blow out so the thing now is, man, there's so many good baits out there now. I mean, every guy, there's so many garage made baits and Kevin, the guy who makes the original, um, the original Chad, Chad, he got with Spro and, you know, they made a, you know, they got together and, um, they made, I mean, it's in my opinion, it's, you know, the best, the best plastic bait, you know, out there right now if you're not buying a high dollar resin bait Mm -hmm. and the thing with the thing with that bait is is it's so well balanced like i was saying with that roman made it was just not a very well balanced bait at speed and you just pretty much think of that chad chad like it just it's just a big jerk bait anywhere you catch fish on a jerk bait throw that chad chad and and you're gonna catch those fish and and some quite a bit bigger ones well you throw it Um, it's just an oversight Oh yeah. hundred percent. I mean, uh, I, I have, I don't have a ton of experience throwing them in the dead of winter. I know guys do. Um, and I, and I, you have to be able to, I would think, you know, it's just a lot of times you got to get those fish in that right water column. And I think a lot of times it's hard to in the dead of winter, but for the most part, yeah, you can throw them year round 110%. Best time to throw a glide bait. If you want to get, if you want to get, um, confidence in it, 
the best months of the year to throw a glide bait, in my opinion, are October, November, and then March, April. Like those are the times if you want to get because the fish tend to be shallower, shallower, and in the fall, like October, November, they're just on bait. You know, they're shallow right. and they're on feeding bait. Up, you too. know, yeah, they're feeding yep. up. So yeah, um, so yep. on the action of those things, you're you're talking about putting action in them. It, 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 almost all that's real induced action, not rod tip, right? Like you 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 coupled it to a jerk bait, but you're not over there jerking that eight foot rod. Not at all. No, no. But there are some baits that I was talking to a buddy about it today on the phone. There are some baits that do not work well with the reel and you have to, you know, get some more action with the rod with it. But that Chad Chad in particular, no, that is a real bait. The, the, the best way to fish that bait is to point your rod tip directly at that bait. Don't put any bow in your rod. Like don't put your rod off to the side. Like you're throwing a spinner bait or something, put that, put your rod directly in line with that bait and it's all half turns of the reel handle. And going back to ratio on that bait in particular, you, the faster, the better, in my opinion. You, you can really walk it like can't. a spook almost underwater. Exactly. That thing will really cut. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. That's it, it'll cut back and forth. And and this is one thing. And I was talking to Brad about he he. You know, after we caught that eight pounder, we ended up having close to a twenty pound day. I mean, we caught some really nice. It, that was the only fish I caught all day. But they threw Chad Chad's Jake and Brad did, and they caught a lot of two and a half to three and a half pounders that day. I, mean, I guess I just really need good... to not put it down if I decide to go fish it. I just need I, I to think fish that's it. the yeah. Well, you got to pick it up and throw it. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, the... you, you, not... yeah, that dude. I'm I'm telling you, when it comes to that big bait stuff. The only thing, if you want to truly get confidence in it, lock your rod lockers. I mean, that's just, the, yeah. that's the only way to do it. It's so easy. It's so easy after an hour, shoot, you'll go five hours without a bite, you know? And it's like, it's so easy to be like, man, I'm going to go drag a worm. I'm going to go, you know, throw a jig or whatever, but you gotta, you gotta leave everything else at home because I'm telling you, you'll throw it for five hours and on the sixth hour you'll catch a five pounder. And mm -hmm. it's like, it literally takes, I mean, Brad's eating up with it right now. He was texting me all morning about all these custom baits and all this stuff. And, and I think he's only caught a few fish on it, but it's like, dude, you get one bite on that bait. It's over with you're, you're ruined on it, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the main thing is on that Chad, Chad, I like to, because it is so easy to overwork. Uh, I like to do kind of like some, some kind of methodical kind of like chops with it. And then, you know, a couple times throughout the retrieve, speed it up really fast. Like you don't want to fish it fast all the way back to the boat because you're just kind of pulling it away from them, but you want to fish it kind of slower, get the fish's attention and then hit it really fast. And that's what I did with that eight pounder was I was fishing it really slow and then I gave it two or three hard handle turns, and that's when she ate it. That's, that's one of those tricks you're talking about to help cut down on the followers. You know, just and, make it look like it's running every now and then. And and this is the biggest thing with it, and I see it all the time, is you will 100% get followers, and they will be right at the boat. The only thing you can do, the only thing you can do to make that fish bite is you have to take it away from him. I mean, literally, it's it's not what you think. You want to, every time I fish with guys and they throw it, and the first time they get a four or five pounder to follow behind it, they freeze. They're like, oh my gosh, look at that. We're at the look at that. I'm like, I see it. Pull it away from him. Right. Because make literally, it, it if run. You, yeah. If you, because if you freeze, he's gone. He's going to turn and take off. But I've seen a lot of times where you see the fish and you hit it hard three or four times and he's going to crush it, you know, even at the trolling motor. 
So just real quick jerks of the handle, just just pow yep. pow pow versus versus yep. what a second or two paws between it. Like you'll you'll turn that handle and then it kind of darts off to the side and then you you let it sit for a second and then you do it again. And it, is that kind of your normal? A hundred percent. And like I said, when a fish is hot, Pat. When I was uh, I went up to the mountains this past weekend with a buddy of mine, and um, that's all we did was we threw big baits on some places where the fish eat trout. And I was throwing a nine inch glide bait, and I was going down the bank and i was looking towards my next you know cast and i wasn't paying attention to the bait and i was burning this nine inch bait back to the boat and it was on the surface skipping on its side and a three to five i don't know how big it was was a three to five pound spotted bass it knocked a nine inch bait three feet in the air and it was skipping on top of the water Hmm. i mean that's that's the main thing i mean you when they're hot you can't take it away from them they're gonna get it you know so on gunnersville you know, particularly this time of year, it, the majority of the places you're going to go that's four foot, five foot, the grass is too thick. But now there's a lot of fish live out in that nine, 10, 11 foot. And we've got, you know, that dang meal grass goes out 10, 11, 12. Would you be, could, do you feel confident? Would you feel confident, particularly with the water being five foot clear like it is, going out there in that nine, 10, 11 foot stuff and, you know, letting your bait sink three, four feet down? I mean, they can see it. And, and do you, would you feel confident in fishing like that and catching fish on Gunnersville this time of year? Um, a million percent, a yeah. million percent. Uh, but here's the thing with that bait, though. Every time you turn that reel handle, it's coming straight up. I mean, they 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 rise every time you turn the handle. The bait, right? You can see, you can watch it with your eyes. You can watch it on live scope, especially if you're fishing them deeper. Mm-hmm. The best thing you can do, one, you can upsize your hooks or use heavier hooks. Like owner makes a hook um, called an ST56. It's a three X hook, and it's pretty heavy. And it'll weigh a bait down. And that's what I was throwing on that uh, phony shad when I caught the big one. But another, the easiest thing you can do, you can buy suspend strips. A lot of guys do that. Just put, you know, stick suspend strips on the bait around the hook hanger. I, my favorite thing, honestly, though, is lead wire. Um, I just take lead wire. You can get it at, you know, fly shops, carry it. I bet Cabela's. Have, I think uh, Cabela's does. probably buy solder wire. Solder wire. Yep. Solder wire works. Yeah. Just just get some get some lead wire or solder wire. And I wrap it around the shank of the treble hooks. And man, you, it's super easy to on the fly swap up the sink rate. And, you know, if you need to lighten up the back of the bait, you know, or, you know, lighten up the front of the bait or whatever, you just wrap it up there, you know, put a bunch on that front hook, put a bunch on the back hook. And then if it's sinking too fast, pull off an inch, snip it off. If it's sinking too fast, pull off an inch, snip it off. And that would be to answer your question, you know, fishing that deep eel grass and stuff. That would be what I would do. Do I would you want 100%. that bait? Do you want that bait to run horizontal, or do you want it? Do you want it to appear somewhat nose down, or anything along those lines? Um, that that's a good question. The uh, I want it to be as horizontal as possible. A lot of baits they'll kind of do like a head a head bob type thing that I don't really like. Um, that Chad Chad in particular is really really good about staying very um, you know very flat in the water, and gotcha. I think that's that's key but yeah but like i said if it's starting to do goofy stuff like you know especially if you've got you know that lead wire on there if it's kind of nosing up hard then you know hey i need to take some weight off the back and if it's nosing down hard hey i need to you know take some weight off the front and vice versa but like i said that bait's pretty almost dummy proof it's pretty easy so i think on gunners sounds like i need one yeah <laughs> I, th- I think on gunners with this water i mean like the water's as clear as i've ever seen it. oh absolutely I've, I've yeah, fished really for 
I mean, I'm 48. I grew up fishing it. You know, I was gone for a while, came back. But I mean, I've, I've, it, it's as clear as I've ever seen it. And I think it's coming down to this kind of fishing or spinning rods. <laughs> it is. It's, it's, incre- it's incredible. My, a buddy of mine was winning tournaments out there this past spring with all smallmouth. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's, it's bizarre. Was, was that up river I mean, or down? I have no idea where oh, yeah. he's catching them. Yeah, I don't, I I don't know where he's catching them. I saw some a bunch that? of big old spots, too. We fished a tournament, yeah. 19 yep. pounds of smallmouth were brought in. What yeah, I think that, that was Zeke, Zeke Gossett. Yeah, he, he yeah. had a huge bag of smallmouth. Yeah, and I think he did it a few weeks in a row. I mean, the lake's changing, man. And and here's and going back to it, you know, what we were talking about, a place like Gunnersville that gets as much pressure as it does, like you talked about it, it's going to either spinning rod stuff or big baits. I I'm telling you, man, you, and it's amazing to me how they still eat a chatterbait as good as they do out there. But <laughs> you got to imagine how many chatterbaits those fish feel and see every single day. I mean, it, and it's almost the way the eelgrass is. It's the only thing you can throw half the no, time. No, no, that's you know? true. That's why it's become, I mean, you can't, like you go that's throw a, a spinnerbait right now and you get it yep. just floating stuff. It wraps around the daggum yep. blade. Buzzbait, same yep. way. I mean, it's, a lot of things you used to do, you can't do. You, yeah, it's it's amazing, man. But uh, like I said, on pressured fisheries, the big baits. I mean, dude, I go around here. It's hilarious. Like I said, I told you earlier, I clean swimming pools. So I'm in and out of like these gated golf course communities and stuff. You play when you bait in the pool. I, I keep, oh, yeah, I should, honestly. I go to these golf course ponds that like, I know that these guys like, you know, they see every plastic worm under the sun and I throw a big wake or a big live bait in there. I'm always sending brad snapchats of you know four and five pounders i'm catching on and it's the same principle man those fish never see anything like that and, that's you true know, that's true yeah uh mike carter who is a guide here has has, mm-hmm. has been on the bull wake and bull shed thing for quite some time and he's got it dialed in now and yeah he kind of told me a couple years ago that on these eelgrass bars that it's he, he said think of it like a big aquarium you know they just yep. swim up and down those bars and they've they've chased the bait and they feed and he says i just cover water and you know you run into them you catch them and he's caught a lot of, i mean like he's had some really really good days on that bull wake you know oh, yeah. whether it's on the surface or under it just a little bit but uh, so he, he is cranking it down sometimes though, I, I, I think so some, sometimes i think so but yeah i mean I, I know he fishes it up in I mean, some of the places he's fishing it, I know the grass is six or eight foot under the surface, but but the water's really clear, so they may be coming up, you know. But uh, here's the thing with that wake bait is, you know, on some of those mornings you get out there on those bars and it's slick, calm, like you don't even feel comfortable throwing a, a chatter bait. It's like that calm out there. That's that's when that bait comes into play. I mean, it's it's you can't beat it. You know what I mean? Yeah. the The real key here is, can you throw it that day? You know, exactly. well, that's the deal. <laughs> that too. That's yep. uh, uh, I, I I've got. To, I want. I want to ask you a question. We could talk forever, and, and I hate. To yeah. run, I hate to run these things too long, but but uh, um, I heard a story, just bits and pieces. You lost a box of baits back. Yeah. Back yeah, that, last yep. year or something, and and then you found the box of baits. So tell us a little. I think that's cool. So I kind of want to hear the the how that went down. It is a cool story. It is a cool story. And I was even going to bring this up and I totally forgot. Um, so like I said, I, um, I build my own baits. I've got a, I, it's actually like a binder. It's like a wrap that it kind of, you stick them all in these sleeves and it, and it rolls up. And anyway, I keep all my baits in there. Well, I had done really good in a tournament last uh, fall on, on some, some of the swim baits I make in my garage. And, I left from that tournament and I was coming up to fish the BFL super, uh, with Brad, um, on Pickwick, I guess it was last September, maybe something yeah, like that. Anyway, it was September. last fall. Yeah. Yeah. And so I went up there to fish the BFL super 
And I got up there on Thursday night after work. I was staying at Brad's house and we were doing tackle out in, uh, out in his yard, sitting in the boats. And I pulled out that, you know, big roll of baits and I was showing them these baits that I was, you know, building and stuff. And we were just going through stuff. Anyway, we, um, we, we you know, we rigged up all our rods, get ready for the next day and, uh, went to bed. Well, the next morning we woke up and, uh, we, you know, got up, obviously it was still dark. We went to bed, you know, we were rigging in, you know, in the dark and we got up to go to the ramp in the dark. Well, we start going down the road, get to pick quick, get to McFarland, put the boats in. And like, uh, halfway through the day, I pulled out that swim bait wrap to tie something on and I couldn't find it anywhere in my boat. And I was like, man, I must have left it in my truck. I must have left it at Brad's mm-hmm. house. Well, the thing was gone hundred percent gone. I looked everywhere for it, man. And I was distraught. I mean, it literally had stuff that I built personally. It had stuff that hasn't been made in years. It had Japanese stuff that hasn't been made in years. I mean, I was like tore up. So I made a Facebook post about it, um, posted it on a few different swim bait pages and some, you know, some North Alabama fishing pages. And I said, the only thing I can think of is, you know, I was driving down the highway and I left it out on the back deck of my boat and it blew off going down the highway. And so never heard anything of it. You know, nothing really happened. I was like, eh, they're gone. You know, whatever. It is what it is. And I was talking to Brad on the phone. Uh, this is about a month ago now. I was talking to Brad on the phone at work one day, and I was cooling off in my truck. And I'm always on the Swimbait pages. It's a page on Facebook called Swimbait Universe. And it's guys from all over the country um, that post, you know, Swimbaits for sale. And anyway, I'm, I'm on this page and I start seeing these baits, this guy posted and I'm looking at him like, dang, I was like, I'd like to have that. And I start looking and I was like, those are my freaking baits. <laughs> and this was and, just a month ago. Yeah. This is a month ago. And yeah. Wow. And it was last September when you lost. And this was last September when I lost them. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this was a month ago and I, I lost it. I said, Brad, I got to let you go, dude. I, I was like, somebody found my baits. And so I get on there and I message the guy. He's a, he's a North Alabama dude. And, um, and I messaged him, I'm like, dude, I'm not, you know, I know you're going to think I'm a scammer. I was like, I'm not a scammer. Just please. Cause I'm telling you, he posted them and he wasn't even posting them for sale. He didn't know what they were. He was like, Hey, can y'all tell me what these baits are? And, um, so everybody's on there. I'll buy this. I'll buy that throwing money at this guy. And I was like, no, don't sell my face. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, I messaged the guy. I'm like, dude, please. I was like, just call me. Here's my number. I'll explain everything. And I said, I'll make it right. Like, I'm not trying to scam you. So he, he calls me and he ended up, luckily we had some mutual friends and, you know, I had some guys reach out to him. They're like, no, you know, Dawson's a decent, you know, he's a good guy. Like, you know, these are his baits. He lost them. And luckily I still had the post I posted from last September. So I sent him the screenshot of the post. And luckily I had all these pictures saved in my phone of all these big baits hanging out of fish's mouths. And I always put like nail polish on them and stuff. So luckily they look different than what you buy in the store. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, I talked to the guy. I said, just tell me where you got these baits, man. He goes, man, he goes, I bought them off Facebook marketplace from a guy. And I was like, well, st- tell me who that is and whatever. I'd love to you know, talk to him, see where he got them. So I reached out to him. He bought them from a garage sale or a yard sale. Oh, so I'm not kidding you. The value and what was being sold at this yard sale was probably about fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars worth of baits. I think he bought them at a yard sale for forty or fifty dollars. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so he ended up getting them at a yard sale. He fished them all spring. This guy literally was like, yeah, I was throwing them all spring. And then he said in his post, he's like, yeah, I'm getting out of bass fishing. I catfish more. So he took all these baits 
literally didn't even keep one of them. He took all of them. He put them uh, that he bought at the yard sale, my baits. Then he put them on Facebook Marketplace. And then this guy bought them from him. Um, I think for, you know, I don't remember a couple hundred dollars or something. And, um, and, uh, then he posted it on this page, which I saw back in Georgia and I was like, those are my baits. So long story short, I reached out to him. I said, dude, and he was super nice. I mean, I huge shout out to the dude. I mean, he was so nice. He was like, man, I'll just send them back to you. If you'll just give me the money I paid for him. I was like, nah, dude, like, I'm not going to do it like that. I was like, I'll double your money because like, I never thought I'd see these baits again. So I, I sent him some money. I made it worth his time. And you know, he put them in the mail and sent them back to me. So that's crazy. Yeah. Great. Well, <laughs> it's, it's crazy, it's, man. I can't believe it. <laughs> well, it's great that there's still people out there. Like you're that. living right. Something, something like that. I, Dude, I'm saying, man, I'm saying I was like, I could, I could not believe it. And, and everybody's asked me, they're like, tell me you caught that eight pounder on one of those baits. And I, unfortunately it was not one of oh, those. That baits. Been another one. <laughs> that would have been even better. Yeah. Hey, one more question. You're talking about <laughs> yep. having your bait stored in a wrap. I have found they're yep. very difficult to store in plastic boxes what what are you is it something you bought in a store yeah so um you can buy there's a few different ones um the one that i used originally it's it's made by plano it's just a plano bait wrap it may honestly be for saltwater baits but yeah. you can get them on ta- you can get them on tackle warehouse and the reason why i do that is one you know a lot of these baits have custom paint jobs and stuff and them rattling around in boxes i don't really care about the paint getting messed up but it's just one more thing you know it's a couple hundred dollar they bait fit in them real but good either so. yeah they don't sit in them good and the, here's the main thing when it comes to glide baits the tail a lot of them you know the chad chad got yeah. the brush tail a lot of them have soft tails you know buka's got some and man it the, those tails get kinked up and on multi-jointed baits like i don't think you can mess up a bull shad but um but on a glide bait, man, that tail could get kinked one way or the other. And it's like, you can't even throw it half the time. So yeah. I like putting them in those wraps because you Velcro them tight. It, it holds them snug and then you roll them up and then you Velcro it again. So it's like, you just toss it in the you know compartment in your boat and it keeps them safe and it keeps the tail straight. That's the best way to, you know, hold the store of those baits. Nice. Good too. That's, that's, yeah, that's good. That's good info there. So, yeah. So Dawson, I, I think we could sit here and talk about this for another hour, but oh, yeah, I'm hundred percent. I'm totally <laughs> <afraid. 100%. laughs> we're taking notes and, yeah. and, and we're letting the young guys teach the old guys a little bit, which Brad, Brad's been teaching beating mountain Theron's uh, butt for a while. Brad's a hammer. So <laughs> he is, dude. He is. I'm uh, telling you're going to have, you're going to have to come back and uh, we'll have to, we'll have some subjects for you to. Yeah, you're right. We'll, we'll, we're We'll, we'll we'll refine this a little bit more on the next version. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I'm happy to come on. I'm glad you have me, man. Like I said, I can I can go on forever about it. It's like I love fishing, but like this type of fishing, I could like I said, I, we could talk for hours. That's, I sent Brad a text a few a week or so, some time ago, and I said, "Hey, man, you think Dawson would come?" He goes, "Absolutely," and he goes, "Man, he's perfect for it. He just he's eat up with it. He loves <laughs> it. he said he he loves these baits." So uh, yeah, uh, and and after just a brief conversation, I hundred percent agree. So uh, <laughs> so man. First off, congratulations on winning the splash. And most, Thanks, man. Most importantly, congratulations on that baby that's coming, boy or girl. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we don't know. We don't know. We're, we're, wait, uh, you're we're brave. waiting to find out. You're yeah. Brave. We picked a boy name and a girl name. We're going old school with it. Yeah, well, so. There you go. I like that. Yeah. But we'll see. That's, 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 that's pretty neat. So due in August, huh? Yep, August, middle of August. It's it's honestly a race. Me and Brad, I think our due dates are like four days apart. So we'll see who gets there first. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone thinks that's planned. I promise you it wasn't. It's Some, was something in the water. Like, it must be. Yeah, moon exactly. phase. So, yep, moon phase. Yeah. <laughs> well, man, thank you so much. I, I, I appreciate it. it. It was good talking to you. Um, 
we'll be in touch and, and I'll let you know when I get this put together and, and, uh, man, I really appreciate the info. That's some good stuff. Yeah. Thanks again, man. I hope we didn't run too long. I really no, appreciate it. Y'all, y'all take it easy. All right. Thank you. Have a good one. All Bye. right, buddy. See ya. Wow. Yeah, that was that's that's good info, man. Absolutely, a lot of good info. He's very passionate about that too. You can tell, you can tell, and you can tell he spent a lot of time out there, you know, refining his his art. So I've had a lot of people on here and talk about things before, and and you know, and he's just a dude like us. But I mean, but like that was great conversation. He 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 was Mm. very very open to talking about it. That's 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 pretty good stuff. Um, Tom, it's the end of June. That's kind of my wrap-up date for this podcast. I, I I can't say thank you enough to the people that, that listen, that take – I mean, everywhere you go, people are vying for people's time. Everywhere you, sure you turn on everything, you got and, – and people may not listen long enough to hear this, but, but you know, everywhere you go, you got somebody looking for your attention. And for the group of people that have messaged me, Trey, et cetera, uh, that are interested in listening to a couple of rednecks talk about fishing. I, I, I'm kind of shocked by it. And it, it's like at the end of the year last year. And I'm like, well, we may be back. I don't know. We'll see. It, and, you, it's and, got a big reach. And, and I mean, then I start getting messages from people and I'm like, wow, man, that's, that's, it's, it's kind of humbling. Cause I'm just a dude, you know, I mean, the, I've been fishing this lake a long time and it's kind of left me behind. It's changed a lot, which is why I brought in the young guns, you, you know, and, and, uh, but I liked fish, uh, had the little reach with the bass and big G website. Um, who knew? So, as far as I know, we'll be back. You might throw a bonus episode in here or there if I can get Trey in. He's got something to talk about. It's almost he's always got something to talk about. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 almost time for me to start. Uh, I feel I got to get a kid moved to college here in about a month, and and then it, and then my gears change towards uh, critters. But uh, you'll still be fishing. You you yeah and, yeah. If you can stay I'll out of stay the back surgeries and things like that, right? Have right. Surgeries. So. Um, tournament wise it's almost july not a lot going on but not much at all but you got your weekend you got your wildcats the honeycomb runs for a while you got your tuesday nighters um sunday afternoon afternoon, at browns creek uh the first wednesday of each month the guy that runs the sunday nighter out of um browns has a wednesday tournament and then uh got somebody else that just started up one i don't remember all the dates but the coming up this weekend july 2nd he's gonna call it the mink creek open it's it's out of mink creek it's a guy that was doing the money mondays mm-hmm. back some time ago uh but there it's 150 dollars a boat 100 percent payback three fish at least for this one thankfully because it's gotten hot and and uh, um but that that is going on there's more information about that on the bass and big g website uh tom thanks for coming hey anytime i, I, Pat, I, I really appreciate I, I, it I, 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 thanks for including me glad to have a have a, a backup to my backup and and uh i needed to learn something about those stuff. yeah I mean, that's what yeah you know, that's what i told you when we started this and i'm like you know I, if nobody else wants to hear it i do so we're gonna have it recorded so we can go back and listen to it so um thanks again thanks to everybody that listens tell your friends share uh it helps us uh until then enjoy the floating grass because there is a bunch of it out there mm-hmm. and it's not going to mm-hmm. get any better for a while so y'all have a great one and we'll see you soon <laughs>